Welcome to The Lorraine Murphy Show. If you're anything like me, you want a successful, abundant business, epic energy, a growth mindset, vibrant health, and beautiful relationships. And this podcast sets out to help us achieve all of that together. I've been in the entrepreneurship arena for almost a decade now and have mentored hundreds of other business owners. So I know what goes on behind the scenes and what it takes to succeed. This podcast shares the tips, tricks, learnings, and lessons I lean on in order to blend the different facets of my life as an entrepreneur, author, wife, and mama to two gorgeous little humans. Let's jump in to today's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of The Lorraine Murphy Show. As always, it is very, very good to have you joining me today. And I wanted to say thank you so much to everyone who gave me their feedback on last week's episode. I had lots of really, really lovely messages. So it's been very, very nice to be back in your world and yeah, to get so many kind words about the, the catch up and blow up episode last week. And something that really seemed to spark interest with listeners from the last week's episode was the reference to astrocartography. So if you're not sure what I'm talking about, go back and listen to last week's episode. And I wanted to pass on the link. So I'm actually going to pop the link to the astrocartography reading tool in this week's episode show notes. So yeah, so you've got that. I I had a few people reach out and ask for it, quite a few people actually. (laughs) So I realized I was like, damn it, I should have put in the show notes last week. So it is going into this week's show notes for sure. So as I mentioned last week, I will be opening doors to Bold Darling next month in October. And I have decided to do it in a totally fun, totally high vibe way. I'm completely changing up my launch strategy for this one. And I'm just really, really excited. It's going to be super, super fun. But I can't tell you much about it yet because it's still a little bit off. And we're still getting getting all the kind of things ready behind the scenes for it. All I can say is that my personal glow up is going so well. I talked about my glow up last week and the kind of multiple facets of, of my life that I'm, I'm do, giving a little juice to at the moment, whether that's my health through doing 75 hard again, or my spirituality by going to a beautiful spirituality event last Saturday, my appearance. There's, there's lots of different facets to his health and finance in there as well, which I talked about in last week's episode. But last week's is that the, the, the glow up on the personal front is going so well that I just had to create a business one for my community. And I'm absolutely loving putting this together. So yeah, the glow up for business will be coming in October. If you want to be the first to find out, just hop on the wait list. I'll pop a link in the show notes and more information is coming very, very soon. I'm having an absolute ball creating this one. I'm so excited for it. So onto this week's episode. So this is a bit of a ranty one. <laughs> this week. But I'm hoping it's not angry ranty. I'm just, I'm shooting for helpful ranty as part of this week's episode. Because from where I sit, I really do get insider access to a lot of businesses, whether that's as part and parcel of my Bull Darling group, or as part of the the, the sessions that I have with my one-on-one mentees. And obviously, I'm also a business owner myself and have been for over 10 years. I've got lots of friends who are business owners. My husband is a business owner. And there are three things that drive me mental (laughs) when I see entrepreneurs doing them. And I need to be really, really clear on two things before I share with you these three things. Number one, I have made all of these mistakes myself and one of them very recently, which I'll talk about in this week's, in this, in this episode. And the number two thing I want to be clear on is that I am not highlighting them in this episode as a way of venting or 
I know I'm joking. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to have a rant and definitely not to kind of name and shame anyone. It's really about the, this season is called the glow up season for a reason. And by stopping doing these three things, you will give your business the biggest glow up possible. So that's the, the two, I guess, caveats to me sharing um, what I'm going to share in this week's episode. So A, I've done them all before myself. And B, this is really coming from a place of wanting to give you some insights on what you could stop doing in order to build the business that, that you want to build. All right, let's go. Let's get my, my my helpful ranty pants on. First thing that drives me mental when I see business owners doing it is not thanking referrals. So what I mean by referrals is people who have sent work your way. And if I, so if I'm working with a, a mentee, okay, and I'm working with them one-on-one and they're saying one of my big challenges is sales. Like I need more sales in my business. So the first question I will ask them is, okay, well, where do your sales come from right now? Like what works really well for people to say yes to working with you and your business, whatever business that might be. And, and when they tell me, often the answer is referrals or word of mouth of some sort. And my number two question to them on, at that point is, do you thank your referrals? And 90% of people, I am not joking, will say no, that they don't. This kills me for two reasons. One, people will recommend you anyway. Like if they're already recommending you, they will for sure, they will keep doing it. But think about how many more opportunities that they might find to refer to you if they felt seen and they felt appreciated and they felt noticed for you doing that. I had an accountant in my first business. Uh, I had an accountant as I was setting up, which turned out to be a bit of a misfire. So I got a different accountant and they specialized in the entrepreneurial space. They were young, hungry. Honestly, my accountant just looked after me like nothing you've ever seen. She just bent over backwards. She was absolutely phenomenal. And I would refer them all of the time because I was very, very active in the entrepreneurial community. And I, yeah, I had a lot of friends who had businesses at that time. This is pre me being a mentor or anything that I do now, but I would refer them all the time. And then they introduced a scheme whereby you would get a month of free accounting if you referred someone and they became a paid client. I did not pay for accounting for 18 months straight. That's how many people I referred to this business. So as I said, I was already doing it. But when I knew that there was essentially it was a $500, I think it was about four or $500 a month I was paying to this, this, this business. When I realized that, holy crap, if people go and sign up with them and I save $500 a month, like that's six grand a year. That's pretty bloody sweet for me and my business. So yeah, I went above and beyond to try to try and refer that business. So there are people out there who are, I call them super refers and I am one of them. <laughs> I recommend if you do a good job for me or my family or my business, I will recommend you till the cows come home. So everything from our relationship therapist to our accountant, graphic design, kinesiology, energy healing, all of the things I refer so much. (laughs) And I really do think you only need one to three of these super referrers, like hands up, I'm a self-confessed super, super referrer in your business and they will provide so much, so many new leads and new customers to you. So it just, to me, it is so obvious to go out of your way and thank those people. 
Because the thing is, it is 10 times easier for pe- for you to, to find work from these people who are referring to you than it is for you to go out and try find these people from scratch. If someone is introduced to someone by a word of mouth referral, it's a warm lead. They already have that, that, that trust in that person who's referring and they're so much more likely then to, to actually go and so, so, sign on the dotted line and actually become a paying customer. So it really does make sense to, to thank your referrals because as I said, these referrers could turn into super referrers as well. And I know for me, how I do this in my business is I sent an email out at the start of this year to my mentees and I said, I've got a new referral program. If you refer a mentee to me and they become a paying mentee, that I will give them a gift voucher for the store of their choice for $300. And that has worked brilliantly. So I've had a lot of referrals, which is amazing. And, and two have converted in the last three months. And that has brought in a total of $40,000 to my business. So it's pretty, pretty huge. And yeah, as I said, it's, it just really, really pays to thank your referrals. And, and I will just say kind of on the other side of it that I, as I said, I, I'm a super referrer. I would describe myself as, and it's very rare that I actually get thank yous. And these are from awesome people that I absolutely adore. And that's the only reason that I would send anyone that I care about to these people is that I, I really trust them. I adore them. I trust them in my business and my life. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, it's, it's quite rare that I would actually get a thank you and not obviously that I'm looking for presents or anything, but it's always just nice to hear that. Oh yeah, you really liked each other. I thought you'd both really get on or that, or that kind of thing. So yeah, the lesson from all of this is to say thank you. And, you know, sometimes it's a bit tricky. Obviously, we can send thank you cards. That's always a really, really nice thing to do. But I know sometimes I've had this feeling of like, oh, thank you card just doesn't seem like enough. And there's some things that I really love to send as thank you. So I wanted to share with you the the top things that I send as thank yous or congratulations gifts of whatever it might be to um, within my community, to people that, that really help me out in my business. And they are, so first of all, sending flowers, which is obviously a really, really foolproof one. And a little tip that I actually had, I had flowers sent to me from a mentor that I had just started working with. And her and her team had chosen flowers that were in my brand colors. So really, really nice touch. If you can get the flowers to match the person's logo or kind of brand look and feel, it's extra points for that. Or maybe you can send a houseplant. I've sent houseplants as gifts quite a bit uh, because it's it's the gift that keeps on giving. And something else I love to use is Parcel, P-A-R-C-E-L-L-E. So that's a, a gifting company. I love Jen, the founder. And I've actually outsourced. So I choose all of the gifts for my Bowl Darling welcome boxes. But Jen and her team at Parcel actually package them so much more beautifully than me or my team could ever do. And so they're a gifting company essentially, but then we choose the, the ingredients for the gift boxes and, and we get everything delivered to Parcel and then they manage the, the kind of logistics of packing them beautifully and getting them out. A company I came across recently was the Manflower Company, Manflower Company. I wanted to send, it was actually an I'm sorry gift. It was, we, we dropped the ball on something in the business and I wanted to send a thank you, or not thank you, but I'm sorry and 
hey, sorry, <laughs> gift. And it was to a guy and I didn't really want to send flowers. And I was just really stuck on what I was going to send him. Bottle of wine just felt a bit like obvious. So I found this man flower business and they send out really cute little, like really, really kind of broad range of price points. I think they do from like $60 up to three or $400 of like little gifts for men. So they're like maybe craft beers. It was a really cool one, which was like for outdoor adventurers. So there was like a little kind of, I don't know, tool and stuff, some beer and something else. There was another really cool one that had a hammock in it. So it was like a book and a hammock. There was another one that had a box of six craft beers and a book. It was actually The Happiest Man on Earth by uh, Eddie Jackowitz, uh, which I actually read earlier on this year and absolutely loved it. So yeah, a little tip um, that, that, that could be a really nice one. The one that I sent to my person was six craft beers, some like really fancy beer nuts and some chocolate as well. I thought that was quite a sweet one. The other company that I, this is probably like my, my true blue old, my absolute reliable when it comes to gifting is Iku. So I K O U. I have loved Iku for Jesus well over a decade now. I've gotten so many of my mentees into Iku and I adore the founder Naomi. And so I will send gifts from Iku. They're sent out in fecking record time. I still don't know how they do it. I will make an order. And within an hour or two, I'll have an email saying that it's already on its way. They write really beautiful little handwritten gifts and their gift wrap. They just arrive really, really beautifully. And it's all organic, natural skincare, like toxin-free candles. I'm really, really fussy about the candles we have in our, in our house. And so I would, I wouldn't own, I would only ever gift someone something that I would be happy to have in, in our home. So yeah, Iku, super, super clean, divine sense. Love them. Happiness is my favorite candle, just so you know. Uh, another gifting company that I, not really a gifting company. It's a, it's a brand that I absolutely love. It's a, a store called Orchard Street in Bondi. It's like a plant-based cafe with like the most amazing spiritually infused, uh, yeah, it's just gorgeous. Like cacao and cakes and they've got local love chocolates, which I'm obsessed with. Actually, that's another one. Local love chocolates. <gasps> love, love sending people those chocolates because they're so fancy and so beautiful. Um, but yeah, Orchard Street, they do online orders as well. I go there every quarter when I do my kind of thinking and planning day every quarter down in Bondi and I pick a, a candle. They've got beautiful candles as well. I pick a candle and I get myself like a little essence or some kind of a remedy or just something that's going to be like kind of set my theme for the following quarter. So yeah, I've sent, I had two mentees going through a really hard time uh, last month, two months ago. And I sent each of them actually very similar gifts. I sent them, I sent them sage. So a kind of a sage smudging stick to kind of clean the, the shitty energy away. <laughs> each of them had quite different um, experiences going on, but needed the same thing. And I sent them like a, an I am peace. I think this is what I sent them. Like, a, it's like a, a, a flower essence, like to kind of help help them chill out. And I sent them, I think it was smoky quartz for inner power as well. So yeah, I really like sending orchard street things, particularly if people are more spiritually inclined. Uh, I, I like sending gifts from there as well. And the other absolute brilliant gifting is books. I don't think you can ever go wrong with books. I love the idea of talking to actually one of my Bull Darling members is, um, she's involved in the Montessori world. And I was telling her about the, I don't know if, you, if, if you've got kids or if, if you know kids and they, they've got these books, the Little People Big Dreams books. We are obsessed with them in our house. We've got about, God, I think I've got, we've got about 15 of these books now. 
And it's basically the story of really famous people through history told in a, in a kid's book with beautiful illustrations and, and really beautifully told. I actually read Lexi picked Emmeline Pankhurst tonight. So we read Emmeline Pankhurst in bed tonight and she just loves it. She's like, why can't boys, why couldn't girls do what boys do, mama? Like, that's just, I just don't understand. And I was like, I know, Lexi, I know. So anyway, I was talking to my Bull Darling member and she mentioned, we were talking about Maria Montessori and how one of these books is Little People, Big Dreams. There's a Maria Montessori book. So yeah, I had, I had that book sent to her last week. So lots, lots of different ideas there. I just wanted to spark your imagination on, on, on sending thank yous because some, for some of us, I know I've experienced this. It's like, Oh, I don't know what to send. And would they think that was weird? And then I, yes, yeah, sometimes I've kind of just dropped the ball on it. And then it feels like it was too long ago to say thank you. And I would just say it is never, ever too long to say thank you. Please don't feel that if someone referred work to you or helped you out in some way three months ago, that's too late to send a message. It's never, ever too late to send a message. So yes, that is my please thank referrers. <laughs> ranty pants, my hel- helpful ranty pants on. So the second thing that drives me mental when business owners do with this is tolerating underperformers in their team. Whether those underperformers are not a values fit, whether they are just not it's sitting in the right seat on the bus for them to really shine in, in their roles. Whatever reason it is, tolerating underperformers is something that I see so many business owners doing and I hate it. And I, I'm going to give you a list of reasons why I've actually got five reasons why. And I've, <laughs> believe me, I've given this spiel to many MNT one-on-one over the years. First of all, is that you're wasting money. If you've got someone sitting in a seat that they're not actually either qualified enough or experienced enough or reliable enough to do, you are literally wasting your own money because you're paying someone to do something that they they just can't can't or won't or won't do. <laughs> don't do. Can't, won't, don't do. Uh, the second is that it, it risks your relationships. If you've got a business whereby you've got someone who's potentially client-facing or customer-facing, and they are not performing that, that really risks the relationships that you have with, within your business. Another is that it sets a standard for others. A quote that I love wheeling out in these instances with my mentees is that the standards you walk past are the standards that you're prepared to accept. I'm going to say that one again because it's really potent. The standards you walk past are the standards you're prepared to accept. And I had a mentee. Uh, earlier on this year, we're working together again now. But we, uh, we in our first block of working together earlier on this year, she had someone in her business that uh, was not performing. the The requirements of the role had changed a lot in the time that this person had been in my mentee's business, and she was paying her uh, to work in her business for X amount of days a week. And the person was a liability, for want of a better word. And we talked through the whole situation. We talked about it before and we had, a, it was actually when I was in Bali, I had a pretty in-depth conversation with her. It was most of our session, this particular occasion, talking about this situation. And I I talked about the money situation. I talked about, you know, the, the, the money implications. I talked about the, the, the risk to the business and the team and all the things. But it was only when I reminded her of the fact that if, and she she does, have star performance in her, in her, her team, if they see an underperformer underperforming and that you're accepting of that, then that then becomes the new standard to which your star performers are going to work to. And they will do either one of, one of two things. One, they will go off the ball themselves because they're like, well, what's the point in trying? Because this person isn't trying and they're still here and 
getting getting the same treatment that everyone else is getting. And or two, they'll say, fuck this shit. I'm sick of being, t-, you know, I'm sick of being in a culture whereby we're not really striving for excellence. And I'm going to go find somewhere that feels like I'm really able to add value and that I'm recognized for that. So two pretty, pretty big risks. And it was only when I communicated that to my mentee that time that she went, ah, oh my God, you're right. <laughs> and then she acted. Thank God. And the fourth reason that it drives me mental is that it's just fucking annoying and it's low vibe. Stressing out about someone who's not performing in your team, it's just, it's just crap. It's one of the really crappy ends of, of being an entrepreneur and, and having a team. And, you know, the other crappy end is worrying about cash flow and how you're going to pay everyone every month. Like that's, you know, it's, it's, it's down there. It's kind of the bottom of the barrel stuff. And, and it just doesn't, doesn't need to be that way. But the fifth reason, which is the most serious reason of all, is that it takes up the founder's headspace. And I, I know for me, when I've got sessions with mentees, and their work, we're talking about someone who's not performing and we're talking about them for 15, 20, 25 minutes of a 60 minute session. Like that is prime real estate for them. They are paying a lot of money. There are so many other things that they could be doing other than being on that session with me. And it just pains me to see them taking up this precious, precious real estate dealing with an underperformer. And of course, it's completely fine. That's what I'm there to do as their mentor to workshop these things. But when it happens, particularly when it starts to happen over two or three consecutive sessions, that's when that's my red flag is fully like waving in the air. I'm like, evacuate, evacuate. (laughs) This is not working for you. And the thing is, if it's not working for you as the leader of the team, I can guarantee you it is not working for them either because no one likes to feel like they're not performing in a role. Everyone wants to feel at the end of the day like, yes, cool. I, I gave it my all and I did really, really well. And I'm so excited by this role because it, it enables me to do what I want to do and, and be the person that I want to be. You know, no one goes into work, I think, just wanted to make everyone's life a misery or, or to, to, to mess things up. And, and really, yeah, as I said, that's my red flag. If, if, if an employee is coming up three times or more, then they either need to go or they need to be moved around. And, and it's brutal, but it has been true every single time that I've done that. Now, I need to be really transparent with you right now. I mentioned at the, the outset of this episode that I've had, I've made one of these mistakes, mistakes very recently in my own business. And, and this is the one that I've made. It, it, it is having someone in the business that wasn't fully performing. And I had someone in my business who had brilliant values, incredibly aligned on our values. Uh, they really cared. They were such an absolute delight to work with and have meetings with and exchange messages with. And they were really lovely. I mean, when, when they worked with anyone in, in my business, like my community, my mentees, suppliers, they were really, really lovely, but they just didn't have the urgency and efficiency that I need from someone in my business. My business moves very, very quickly. There are a lot of moving parts. I, and this is my biggest, two big weaknesses as a leader. One is my massive impatience. (laughs) And the second is that I often just assume that someone knows by telepathy what it is I'm asking them to do. (laughs) So it is not an easy role to work in my business. That's, that's putting it mildly. This person just didn't have that efficiency, that urgency, that, that ability to keep all of the balls in the air at the same time. And, and I knew this to be true probably 
back in, I, I knew it to be true in May. Something happened in May that I went, okay, this is where we are. And I've been here many times before between both businesses. But I was in Bali and then we kind of set some parameters around, okay, this, this should make things better. I explored kind of different ways to support this person in the business. And, and then, so Bali was May and then June kind of re-entry after the Bali trip. And then the whole family got the flu. So that was two weeks of, of epic disruption. And, and then I was away in, in Ireland and Spain in July. So then finally came back. I knew that I needed to hire going away. But I didn't want to do the hiring while I was away because I felt like well, I'm not going to be giving people my full energy and attention. And also the, the first priority in July was family time, given that it had been so long uh, since I had been with my family back in Ireland and that we had had time to travel over that side of the world. So I finally got the situation sorted last month. I've got a brilliant operations manager, Sam, who has joined the business, who was already kicking the business's ass and my ass. She's been amazing. Um, but I know that there was damage, you know, when I, when I talked about sending those flowers, <laughs> that was something that this person could have, could have picked up and, and didn't. And yeah, it's just also, it's just not a good look for my business. If I haven't got my own back end sewn up really, really seamlessly, it's just not a good look for someone who's coaching other people on their businesses. It's, it's just not. So as I said, people can be absolutely wonderful and lovely, but they're just not, they're either not sitting in the right seat within our businesses on the bus of our businesses, or they should be sitting in a seat within someone else's business, which will really enable them to shine. I really do believe that everyone has the ability to shine, including this person who's just recently left my business. She's, she's an awesome person, like awesome. And I know sitting in the right seat, she would be incredible, but it just wasn't the right seat within my business. So yeah, I, I want to keep it real with you. Sometimes I need to heed my own advice <laughs> as I did just there. And and I've really had mentees who, the mentality is, well, I'd rather just have someone in the seat than no one at all. So I'd rather just keep person X, Y, or Z sitting there until I get this sorted and I can replace them properly. And what I have found in every single instance that that is someone's plan of attack, as in, in my mentees have told me that that's their plan, they finally get fed up of waiting for the right person and they all, they, they move on the person who's not working out. They either get their team to cover that person's role or else they personally pick it up. As I've seen one of my mentees do this year, she just said, that's it. I'm just going to do it. It was an admin role that she had moved on. She's like, I'm just going to do it myself for six weeks. And she, she smashed it. And you know what? I had such respect for her doing that because it's not easy to go back. This person's been in business seven years. It's not easy to go back and do the kind of the, 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 the bare basics, inverted commas, grunt work, which is a horrible phrase, but you know what I mean? That kind of arms and legs work again in your own business. And she got back in there and she did it. And she wrote up every single process as she did it. And, and she, her admin situation is so much better now because she actually got in there herself and figured out what the hell was going on. She has now got two admin people and they are supporting her beautifully in her business. So what I have realized, and this is that mentee I've just referenced, this is exactly what happened to her. She got in on in, kind of under the bonnet of her business, what this, doing what this person was supposed to be doing. And she said like, Lorraine, I don't know what she was doing. I don't know what she was doing nothing, it is not even that big a role. And what you'll often find is that the people who are underperforming uh, will say, oh, they're, they're at capacity, like they just don't have enough time to get everything done. 
And whereas when you have the right person sitting in a seat, obviously they've got capacity as well. There's a certain le- le- level of capacity that they have. But what I have seen with every mentee who has experienced that is that when, when that person moves on, the mentee's just sitting there going, Oh my God, like I, I could get this done half the time. What, 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 what were they doing? <laughs> so I'm speaking really, really bluntly here. And, and, and as I said, it's with a view to hopefully helping you avoid this scenario yourself. So yeah, lesson move onto performers, people who aren't the right fit on, whether it's moving them onto a different role within your business, if you're confident that they will do that and, or just moving them on fully from your business. And I, I really mean this. I'm not over exaggerating here. Your business is at risk if you've got an underperformer sitting within your business. So the third thing that drives me crazy when business owners do it is getting to desperation station before engaging help from a coach or mentor. I have women come to me for mentoring who are on the brink of burnout, which is completely fine. And we've always turned it around. There's only one mentee in the last six years that I've been mentoring that I haven't managed to turn her around. And and I still wonder about her today. She kind of dropped off the, the radar with our sessions. And uh, I'm actually going to send her a note, actually, after I finish recording this, just to ask how she is. And um, yeah, she was already past the point of burnout. And we had a really great action plan. And she got sick and just, yeah, l- l- lost her way with the plan, sadly. But Every person other than that, we, we've gotten them back from burnout and, and their situation is radically different as a result of doing the work together. But what I wonder is, imagine if they'd come to me 6, 12, 24 months earlier before they hit the burnout and we could then get really, <laughs> how I say it, we, we could get stuck into the juicy stuff a lot earlier. So we could be doing marketing, we could be doing sales, we could build in their profile, restructuring their their schedule to actually set them up with more energy and, and, and focus and time for the week ahead. But as it happens, when someone is already on the brink of burnout, there's, there's a whole, um, there's a whole kind of trough that I need to help them dig themselves out of. And so that's why I find it sad, I guess, that when someone comes to me when they're already at that burnout point is that if they had to come to me just a bit earlier, like we could have avoided the, the kind of the dig out phase and could just get into the really exciting building, building them up again phase. So, and it, and it's really easy just to go it alone, just to go, okay, I'm just going to suffer through. No one else knows what I'm doing. It's too hard to go find someone to help me. Just going to push on through and keep trying to get it done. And, and I found that actually myself this week, again, speaking really transparently, I've been trying to figure out uh, this glow up concept. It just wasn't landing. I had actually picked an original date, which then was, it was in the midst of school holidays. It just wasn't a good time for various different reasons. And I needed to find new days. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. I was really getting myself into a spiral about it. And I reached out to my mate, Stace, who's like the launch queen. I adore her, trust her implicitly with anything to do with my business. I reached out to Michelle Broadbent. I reached out to my friend, Leela. Um, obviously wore the ear off Wade about where everything was at. And, and then finally today then, in my weekly meeting with Sam, um, my operations manager, we, we just figured it out. We're like, okay, cool. And as soon as I hung up from her and we, not even as soon as I hung up, as soon as we had that clarity on what we were doing with this launch, oh, everything became easier. I just felt completely unblocked, but it's so easy as I was experiencing earlier on the weekend, late last week, just to kind of go it alone and push through and just, I'll just, I'll just get this figured out myself. 
And, and I really have spent a lot of time and money on coaches and mentors over the years. And I can tell you they have been the very, very best investment in me and my business. So what I would say to you is you really don't need to go it alone. Call that coach you've been thinking about. Get the package information from the mentor. Get looking into Bell Darling in October when I start to talk about opening doors in, in a few weeks time. Just please don't go it alone. Get some fucking guidance. Get some fucking support. And your whole worldview can shift after just one session. And I've actually been on both sides of that equation. I remember in Ireland, I had a call. Uh, my mentor, bless her, uh, was getting up. We, we, we were doing our sessions at 9.30 on a Wednesday morning, which is it's um, 6.30 a.m. Sydney time. Uh, sorry, it's six. No, we were doing our sessions at 9.30 on a Wednesday. And then I went to Ireland and she agreed to do my sessions at 6.30 in the morning instead. Like what an absolute legend. So I was doing my sessions with her and I, I had a, just a bit of a knock, like a couple of knocks on the business front. It was nothing that I couldn't bounce back from, but didn't feel super bounce backy on at the time. And I got on the call with her and I was really feeling quite anxious, which I then hated feeling because obviously I'm away at my family. And the last thing I want to be doing is angsting about a work thing. And I talked through it with her and instantly I got off the phone and I came bouncing back down to the living room where <laughs> my sister and her husband and Wade were kind of watching Love Island and, and, and very, very engaged in Love Island. And I just felt like a different person at 10.30 at night in Dublin. So I've been on the receiving end of that. And then I've also been on, I guess, the giving end of that. This morning, one of my mentees and I had a, a one-hour session with one of my annual mentees and we were talking about next steps on a certain um, revenue stream that she has. And she was feeling really, really blocked on it, didn't know where to go with it. So we talked about it on our session, explored different scenarios, identified, you know, what, what are, the, what are the, 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 the easiest, quickest wins here? And what's the long-term view for this? And then boiled it right back to, okay, what are the three, I think we had five key actions from today. And I said to her, like, how are you feeling? I like to, I call them temperature checks when I'm mentoring. I'm like, what's, give me a temperature check. Where are you at right now? And she said, I'm feeling so much better, like so much lighter, so much clearer. And that's what a mentor and a coach can do. You know, I, I really love that feeling of when I hang up from one of my mentees and they just feel, yeah, you just, you can see that everything shifted for them and they can just crack on with things. It's, it's so incredibly rewarding to be on, on you know, that side of the phone call. So yeah, please, please get some help. <laughs> please don't work yourself to the brink of burnout or to the point where you just, wondering what the point of it all is, that you're eating up with resentment, that you're resenting everyone, whether it's your business, your kids, your partner, your friends, your parents. Just please, please act before you get to that point because there is so much help out there. There are so many brilliant people out there who can support you. And yeah, I know if I look back at when I've sought help, I just wish I'd done it years sooner. So please please do that and don't make the mistakes that I've I've made (laughs) on that front. Okay. I hope my helpful rant, as I'm calling it, has helped you and that there's been some nuggets. And as I said, this wasn't meant to be like an angry episode. It's very much coming from a place of helping you glow up. Like what are the things that will really help you upgrade your your business? Um, and it, they're quite simple. Just Just don't do these things. Don't do these three things. And as always, I would love to hear what resonated for you as part of this episode. Remember, you can sign up for the Glow Up waitlist via the show notes, the, the, the link in the show notes. And yeah, would really, really love to, to, to talk to you about that very, very soon. So excited to pull it all together. And yes, until next week's episode, I'm sending you lots of love and thank you for joining. 
thank you for being part of this week's episode. It was remarkable to have you. I am always keen to hear your thoughts, questions, ideas, and suggestions for future topics for the podcast. So please get in touch on Instagram. My handle is at Lorraine Remarks and through my website, lorrainemurphy.com.au. If you're enjoying what I'm putting out here, please do rate, review, or subscribe to the podcast so more people can find out about it and we can build this special community. Or even better, do all three. Chat to you next week.